Hello, my name is Lawson White and I'm the host of the Bailing, Scaling and Barbecue podcast. My aim is to educate you on hunting, fishing and cooking. I am no professional, but this is a hobby and I love what I do. I have a YouTube channel, an Instagram and a Facebook page. So head over there and hit the subscribe or the like button. And don't forget to share the podcast. G'day guys, welcome to another episode of Bailing, Scaling and Barbecue with Lawson White. Um, this episode today is how to start training your pig dog. Um, this one is a quite a difficult one to uh, talk about due to everyone having their opinion on this one. So um, I'm just going off my experiences and how I deal with my dogs and um, what I've done in the past. So... Um, Obviously, there's quite a few few things I want to say first. First one is I'm not a dog trainer. I'm not a professional dog trainer. Um, I do talk to um, a couple of dog trainers regularly. Um, one of my friends has just finished doing his dog training course um, with the canine, um, with the cops and stuff. So I have a little bit of um, talk. I have a, quite a few talks with him about uh, how the dogs are mentally and the training of them and otherwise. But other than that, I don't have any qualifications on this. So I just go off experience and what I've been taught. And um, it's something I, I actually do really enjoy, um, getting a young dog uh, six months and above and, and playing with, um, not playing, but training and uh, taking it step by step, getting the processes so I've got a bit of a list here um, with what I've got. It's um, a bit of an outlay of how I start and how I train uh, my hounds or what I've had in the past. Um, <clears throat> and number one is obedience and come, sit, stay. Learning how to jump on the ute, um, you know, the, the main ones. So I really find the obedience with come, sit and stay are, the, are a big one because in case of a situation happening, you want to call that dog back. It'll be very, very important to have the uh, the dog listening to you. So obedience is number one, and that comes back to um, leading into number two is stock proofing. So um, spending time with your dog is very, very important. You want to get that relationship. You want to get that um, that bond between two dogs where. That older dog has, has grabbed the pig, or lugging as we call it. Um, we want to see that the younger dog is seeing that and his confidence is building and goes in and grabs it. Having an older dog is always handy, but also it can be a downfall. Knowing that the dog might have a bad trait, as in fighting, uh, chasing ruse, um, not being 100% uh, stockproof. So you can always have a bit of an issue with it comes to that kind of thing. So <clears throat> that's where it goes back to number one is obedience, listening and training. Um, if you don't have the older dog, we'll talk about that in a minute. But I really want to emphasize on point one and point two is obedience and stock proofing. Uh, you lose your property basically straight away when you, you hear or, you know, um, you go on Facebook or social media and you hear that someone's dog grabbed a cow. Um, I've been guilty for a few times where I've heard it. I've never said anything on Facebook about it because I just don't think it's right to, you know, put your two cents worth in every time. But um, 
first thing comes back to is bad dog training. Um, bad control over your dog. Where you don't want... Oh, for me, personally, I wouldn't want that in my name. Um, I've, I've, you know... I've had my dog chase a roo and drives me up the wall. So, you know, uh, going back to one and two is number, like, going back to one and two, obedience, stockproofing, uh, the come, sit and stay. I can't emphasize that enough as being the main rule of dog hunting. All right. So, and then this one, number three, goes into it as well is your attitude and your presence around the dog. So having a presence um, is very, very important. I, uh, I've i got a mate out near Kingaroy. Um, I won't mention his name. Uh, he, he runs a couple of big Arabs, and they've got big personalities. And uh, I've been hunting with him a few times, and his presence around the dog are just, yeah. Um, I'll say his name, Clayton Graham. So Clayton uh, has a very uh, a great demeanor around the dogs. Dogs listen to him. He when I went out there in hunting with his sons, um, his sons are on the back, and you know the the guy, the boys were telling him to get on the back of the ute and do all that kind of stuff. But the dogs, you watch the dogs and their demeanor. Um, when the kids said something, dogs didn't really fuss too much they did what they were told they did the right thing but then you watch when Clayton spoke the dog's demeanor changed straight away um it wasn't fear but it was just like oh yep okay this is a uh we'll do this straight away so a demeanor and attitude towards the around the dog or towards the dog is a very important thing um my dad I've always noticed dad having one around the dogs um you know you can a lot of people these days are hunting dogs or pets, um, vice versa. You know, back in the day, it wasn't really that that way. Um, you know, like Dad's always had his dogs and they've always been his mate. Um, you know, but they have to earn their stripes, so to speak. Um, where I've, you know, I know guys who have 10, 20 dogs. And it really, when I say 10, 20 dogs, they're mostly they're cattlemen. And they're using them a lot, droving and all that. So um, they are working dogs. So I've, you know, that one there is, it's a hard one. Because if you're working for a living, you your dogs are going to be getting turned over quite regularly. Um, and I say regularly, uh, you're using a dog catching pigs. Like, for example, let's, let's use Frog Dog back in the uh, early 90s or late 90s. When he was hunting, I reckon he would have gone through quite a few dogs over the years, um, catching pigs non-stop. I know when Dad was hunting for the box, uh, hunting for the chillers, we went quite, you know, went through quite a few, um, you know, and that was because one, you wanted to make sure they're stockproof. Two, they had the right attitude towards their work, and three, um, they did what they're told, and they did it on a regular basis. And that all comes back down to obedience and training. And Dad put the work into them and spent the time with them. Um, you know, and I, when I say that, it is it is basically 10, 20 minutes a day, uh, maybe even less. Just sit, stay, come, have a pat. You know, just getting that bond between each other. Um, now, I go off on a bit of a, uh, a different way now. is picking lines. Um, 
for your dog. Now, any dog can hunt. Any dog can can pig hunt. It doesn't matter uh, what kind of lines you use, but there are people uh, that do breed dogs for certain things. Um, I know, uh, well, I won't say his name. There's a guy I do know. He's um, very picky with his dogs. And when he, he chooses, he chooses, he's got, he basically gives them six months. Um, when he has six months with them, he works out if they've got the right um, attitude, they've got the right work ethics, and they've got the drive. Um, and basically, if they're not jumping on the back of the ute and doing what the older dogs, as in having a crack, they end up getting sold or given away. So, the dealing with that was he's always um, making sure he's getting the, the highest quality. Because he won't breed from anything. He won't, um, he won't breed from any of these dogs. He won't, um, you know keep the bat ones that he doesn't want in his house or so to speak so <clears throat> going back goes back to work and drive and this guy works sorry hunts uh, anywhere from three to four nights a week maybe even more and does regular hunting trips so we'll go back to how to start a pig dog the basics so when you do your obedience your listening you come you sit stay jumping on the back of the ute now if you were like me in certain um, aspects uh, a few years ago where I got to go hunting with Clayton every now and then and I was new to a town and I had no properties and I slowly got a property to go hunting with then my next thing was to um, my train my dog. Now, I had to start from scratch at this situation. Uh, I was living at Kingaroy and I got a place with Mallonhole Country. Now, I had this dog that had basically no experience whatsoever. Um, he'd seen a couple of pigs with Clayton, so the next step was me was to put the work into him and let him experience as much as possible. So, what I had to do then was walk. Um, I walked the creeks, I walked the channels, and I put a lot of K's into it. And, and what that is doing is, he's getting the sights, the smells, he's getting the um, everything that a, a dog should get when they're hunting. So they're learning. A uh, the way a dog learns is through scent, I believe. Um, scent, sight, and smell. <clears throat> so when the dog's smelling all these things, he's not going to get frightened. It's not going to, um, you know, it's not going to turn him off completely. So... I did this regularly on my boss's place and then I had the Mallonhole country where I knew there were pigs there regularly. So once I was ready for him to go between cattle and a deal, you know, go through sheep and not have issues with that, I was ready to take him out. So when I started walking, um, it's a big thing not to have him on a lead and have him the trust of um, having them keep eye contact with you or within distance of seeing each other now some dogs will go off and that just takes confidence and time so um, at that time I was doing it by myself and I would walk and sometimes well, there was one instance there was a mob of pigs out in the flat and I walked in and he grabbed one so that was a lots and lots of praise I took a couple of legs home and he had him for dinner over the next few weeks so I started off with the praise of he's going to get a bit of meat every time he does this. Uh, he's going to get lots of pats. Um, <clears throat> for his first pig out there, I probably ran three to four Ks with him. 
um, beside me, like not on a lead. He was just running with me, encouraging him to grab this pig. Now this pig would have been 20 kilos, if that. Um, <clears throat> now I ran beside him, I ran with the pig, and you know I gave him plenty of opportunities to see that it was okay for um, him to grab the pig and go through the process of obviously you pig hunters know what happens so he saw that and basically it was just for me it was the one time you needed he just needed to see that it was okay um i took that pig home and we ate it and he it was again it's grain pig so it was okay um and he really um really liked the whole idea of me being involved with him or catching that animal or eating it process um, start to finish complete with me and him now he understood that was how it happens now and we kept doing that we kept walking um, we'd see a pig I'd, I'd go after the pig and so on and so forth now I, I think in one of my podcasts with Ned Makem Ned says don't chase the pig now yeah I believe you don't chase the pig but he had older dogs with him so in this instance is I would do it because I was the alpha male chasing and trying to get that pig down. So putting the work in is very, very important um, to the dog's education. After a few months, um, my father and mother moved into the area and um, I had a couple of old working dogs that were regular on the pig hunting scene. So that's when I stopped running and I let the other dogs take over and he became basically a follower. He followed the old, uh, there was an old dog there called Jaffa. Um, old Jaffa's was in our family for many years. I think we ended up selling her when retirement came. And um, I think the guy that took her was very pleased right till the end. So Jaffa basically um, took the reins over of teaching him uh, through the long grass because there's lots of long grass around melon holes. And um, he learned to not. He didn't do very good at it, and that was one reason why I ended up getting rid of him. But um, his she, her nose was quite good. Um, when Jaffa put a nose down, normally things were <clears throat> getting pretty exciting just down um, when she put her nose down. So uh, Jaffa took over the reins of teaching uh, this dog, and um, you know, with the but basically with the hunting. So head down working um jaffa wouldn't get too far majority of the time um i've only seen him with two other dogs the jaffa would walk behind you basically um you know three or four meters behind you and all of a sudden you turn around jaffa's gone you know a pig's gonna be getting hit pretty soon so and we had another dog that did the same thing and um yeah that's that's how I, jaffa was that's just how Jaffa did it. She followed Dad everywhere. And, um, excuse me. Yeah, followed Dad everywhere. She'd go off and scent when she uh, smelled something fresh. And bang, away we were. So, having the old dog was a very good uh, experience. Jaffa was a, a very old dog at that time. She was eight or nine. And she was um, basically teaching three or four younger dogs. Now, Dad had put the work into the other, other dogs. I just had this one. So training was a lot of work, 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 work. So walking, uh, we'd walk up to dams, we'd walk around creeks, we'd walk the melon holes, long grass, different terrain. Um, 
I'd get asked to go and hunt with other people. I'd ask to go and hunt with other people. And it would just be interesting to see how they were. A lot of time I kept my dog in the crate and, um, you know, used mine as a backup dog. I'd like to watch other people's dogs and see how they were. And it was just more of a, he can get more experience as he watches as well. Um, but yeah, it's it's taking the plunge and sometimes a lot of people get a bit nervous with the dogs. But I really think one, two and three, obedience, listening and, uh, and attitude, you shouldn't go too far astray. So uh, I hope you liked this episode, guys. I, I hope I've explained my um, methods of peak hunting, uh, dog training, you know, obedience, listening, dog jumping up on the, on the ute, um, having a presence, work, stock proofing, um, picking a good line having the draft and having the work are probably the most important things when I find coming to dog train, uh, having a dog and training the dog. So um, hope you like this episode. Um, if you'd like to hear any other, other episodes of me talking about certain things, uh, message me on the Instagram or Facebook page. Um, yeah, so don't forget to like, share and subscribe and also sharing to, and tell your mates. Uh, that's a really, really important thing for us. Uh, no one knows who we are until you guys share it and tell the world. So I appreciate you listening and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Bailing, Scaling and Barbecue podcast. If you'd like to advertise through Bailing, Scaling and Barbecue, please email Lawson on Facebook or Instagram or Lawson at bsb at gmail.com. If you would like me to come out and film with you for the YouTube channel, uh, also hit me up on Instagram or Facebook and thank you very much for listening.